It's just audio. Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name's Tom Rablick. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, some of you might have bumped into a book of mine called Rorts and Ripoffs, and in it I covered a whole heap of stuff to do with scams, poor advisors, uh, the use of IT to commit financial crime, the works. Uh, the book's still around, by the way, in case you want to check it out via booksandpublishing.com.au. But things have advanced a bit since then, and we've had the advent of some technological critters sort of enabling scammers to work more professionally and demonstrate a degree of savviness than they previously had, which means some of the things we tell you to look out for in what we write and what we talk to you about will have to change. Someone who's going to help me articulate that today is at the forefront of those developments. Now, the, the head of the Asia uh, Asia Pacific area for Norton in Australia, Mark Gorry, is with me. We're going to be talking about some of the fascinating data that Norton uh, finds with the things its software stops from happening to computers like the ones you use, devices like the ones you might have Norton's on, but also some of the curious developments with the advent of AI and how that's going to make look scammers look a bit more professional than they ever did before. Mark, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Much appreciated. Now, it, one of the one of the things I always do when I talk to someone new on on the podcast, just ask them to summarise their career fairly briefly. Um, what what would your career look like as an elevator pitch to somebody who never knew you before? Yeah, well. I started I was a, as a finance guy, um, as, it, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I suppose I took a slightly different path um, straight out of university. Um, you know, I did my CPA program, but I got straight into tech, straight out of uh, out of uh, university. So I got into tech. So as of next year, I'll be 30 years in tech. Um, so sort of been around some of those older names, uh, Bull Information Systems was the first one, the old French mainframe business, Wang Computers, uh, eventually ended up at Fujitsu, and then um, uh, early 2000s, uh, I ended up at Symantec. Sure. Uh, and so Symantec has evolved through that. Um, a lot of people know Symantec. A major part of the Symantec business was the the Norton business. You know, they bought Peter Norton Labs uh, many years prior to that. Um, uh -huh. And so, yeah, I've been in that business ever since, very much focused around, you know, cyber safety and, and helping people. So, yeah, long sort of process here in tech, which I love. I love tech, but I love being able to help people. And this sort of being in cyber safety brings those two components together. So very lucky in that respect. So you didn't go through the battery hen structure of the big four firms or anything like that, did you? No, no. A number of people did, but no, I went straight in and, yeah, got straight in, landed in tech. And it was funny how that happened. It was uh, – I remember doing an interview and um, it was the fact that I had been a bookmaker's clerk – thought, oh, you must be good with numbers. And so uh, they said, look, let, you know, we want you on board. And so that's what got me into tech, just fell into it. But, yeah, it's stuck ever since. 
And that's uh, it's always interesting when you listen to people who've done the accounting qual, they've done their you know, professional qualification, and then they end up in all sorts of curious um, curious places. Some even leave accounting and go into music, of course, but we won't. Uh, that's not what we're here for. Now, Norton's has done some interesting work in pulling together data about the types of attacks and types of things that have been stopped specifically in Australia during the latter part of the, the year. Now, would, would you mind taking us through that, Mark? It, it, it's fascinating. Yeah, we re- we released a report we call the Norton Pulse Report. It's a quarterly report, and it just gives a view to what we're seeing happen, um, you know, within different markets. And so we, we actually have Australia-based data. So for the December quarter, uh, what we saw, we had to block just over 28 million attacks throughout that quarter. So, you know, averaging, we're, we're seeing about 300 threats that we're essentially stepping in and blocking on a daily basis now. And that just gives you an idea of scale that we, we see. Um, and a lot of this is scams, um, you know, because there's so much scam activity going on and it is actually a big problem here. And, you know, people have been hearing a lot more about scams and how big the, the problem is and it's getting bigger. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of those threats that we are blocking are scams. Um, so whether it's people clicking into uh, phishing emails that might have malicious links or attachments to them. So we, we essentially know that people are getting tricked because we, we can see because we're having to block those uh, means that people are essentially being tricked and clicking on those attacks, uh, which just shows how easily people are tricked. And, and that's what these phishing scams are all about. It's tricking people into to click on attachments and links that ultimately have some sort of malicious intent uh, to, to target them. So, yeah, a lot, lot happening, a lot happening. Um, yeah, a lot, like I say, a lot of it's scam related. A lot of it's mobile based now as well because a lot of people use their mobile for a lot of the common tasks, you know, whether it's reading their emails, they're getting text messages, they're consuming social media. So, yeah, a lot of it's coming. Don't assume it's a like a PC that's the, the problem. It's a, a lot of it comes from mobile devices these days. How much work do you do... Um in terms of product development and uh, looking at issues like you know, the way which the way people respond to so the psychology of response, because it appears that you know, our impatience or our you know need to immediately respond to things is what sucks us in. Do you, is there any underlying work that you you do with the with the company to to look at? Yeah, the way in which people can be um, coached, if you like, to stop you know, wanting to hit something or respond immediately to something because that appears to be the greatest risk. Yes, that, that is correct. Um, yeah, look, we, we do. A big part of this is it, it is education. So, you know, we obviously try and help people get on the front foot instead of, you know, dealing with the consequences after because, yeah, with a lot of this, there is financial loss, but time is a big factor that a lot of people don't really think about. So, yes, we we do focus a lot on education, on on trying to help people, um, you know, what they should be looking out for because a lot of this is just the the basics. You know, it's you, you don't have to have, you know, 
you know, the most complex of technology to, you know, doing some of the, the most basic things like, you know, updating your passwords, not using the same ones on um, multiple platforms and devices and updating your operating system and app software so that it removes vulnerabilities. These are the basic things that can really make a big difference. Um, and so, you know, a lot of it's around education uh, to, to, to help out with that. But we we do see that and the scale of the problem is so big that, yes, we definitely tackle it on the other side as well. Um, and even more recently, we've got more involved in identity theft now. And so we have a full service that actually offers restoration assistance because, the average user, once they get deep in and have, you know, problems, really have no idea where to go, what to do, and how to fix a lot of these problems. So, yes, a lot of in terms of our product development, we are doing more to, to have a, a human element to help people through the process. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite new in this area, but, yeah, we're doing a lot more around identity now to help people when the most unfortunate with identity theft does happen. It can be very long drawn out process to fix a lot of the issues associated with that. So definitely there's more work that we're doing in that space now. Um, if we could to touch on the thing I alluded to in the introduction, which is fascinating. Now I'm familiar with the Nigerian email scams that are basically that have basically over the years been written in English in poor syntax or written in English that you can tell has come from um, a really curious source. The advent of ChatGPT and similar services yeah, kind of starts to create an environment where these guys who couldn't pe couldn't string three words together to save themselves, and they're going to look like PhDs. Um, what are the key problems that you see in this particular scenario? Yeah, look, um, artificial intelligence AI is definitely evolving things now and it's going to help the scammers um a lot because yes yeah i think you know over the years you know we started to see more and more scams and yes people were starting to feel more confident that they could easily identify a scam because yes it was poorly constructed a lot of spelling errors grammatical errors um and so people felt confident that they could identify those and that they weren't going to get caught with that but definitely with the uh, what we're seeing now with these new uh, large language um, programs, they're much, much better and they're easily available. Um, and so they can generate, um, you know, a, a scam message that looks so you know, legitimate that even the AI generate, like the, the programmers themselves find it difficult to identify human versus AI now. And so, yes, I think people have to come to the conclusion now that you cannot assume that you can identify a scam message that, you know, if you're looking for those errors that you've seen in the past, things are changing now and it's much more sophisticated and it's going to be harder and harder to identify those. So you have to be to be skeptical. If you're getting unsolicited messages, but they look 
pretty, you know, real and legitimate, you have to be suspicious of these because, yeah, it's far more professional now. Okay. One of the the message on the face um, will look fairly clean. Uh, let's assume it does. Um, because all you have to do is tell the chat software to produce something in the style of a, a utility or a service provider, and it will do so. Um, that still leaves, doesn't it, the ability for people to check, especially on a desktop, um, email addresses to see whether something is coming from an email address that looks official, doesn't it? Yes, yes, and they can do that. But, you know, over the years we've also seen a lot of the spoofing techniques. So it looks pretty close, you know. So if you have that quick glance and, yeah, oh, it looks pretty close. Um, so yeah, there's obviously that element there as, as well. Uh, but definitely it's... It's going to be harder, definitely harder just to look at it on, on the face of it. Um, and so, yeah, people have to be aware that it's not, they're not going to easily pick it anymore. So they have to be skeptical. And if they do think it, it is potentially legitimate, they're best to, instead of doing the immediate actions, whether it's clicking on this link to go and populate some information, is check it through their own channels. So look up that, that organization do your own inquiries and just validate that it is actually a legitimate uh, message. That's the, to be a safe bet. Uh, there's a flip side to this, of course. We've been talking about the customer side of it and, and enhanced awareness and for people to not move that quickly uh, to hit buttons and hit links and get themselves into strife. How does the evolution of AI um, create challenges for an organisation like yours that's building solutions to try and stop things from happening at it, the it, user end. Yeah, yeah, look, it, it is. It's definitely, you know, because we, we take a layered approach to security. You can't rely on one technology anymore because it's a cat and mouse game. You know, it's <laughs> scammers are always trying to come up with something you know, different and unique to bypass security techniques. And so we have to have a, a layered approach. So historically, you know, we could look at a message and yes, it, you know, we, we could quite often identify a problem, you know, just by looking at the text and, you know, what was embedded in there. Um, so yeah, identifying human generated text versus AI is definitely much more difficult now. Equally, even with malicious code, so the likes of chat GPT has the ability to actually generate um, uh, code as well, uh, which is bringing other hackers into the, the space. Um, and yeah, again, it's problematic because it can translate common language into less known programming languages, which may be a bit more difficult to identify. So there's other aspects to us even detecting code that, you know, makes it more challenging um, uh, for us. But like I say, we have to keep working on the, the layers of technology. And so now with a lot of these phishing emails, it's it's the links because they're, typically they are trying to take you somewhere else. 
in a lot of cases to harvest your credentials. Um, and so in a lot of these campaigns, they where they're taking you to is familiar to us because we see so many of them. So our intelligence network can identify that, yes, we've seen this link used previously or where this is going to, we've seen it used in, in previous campaigns, or even if it's a crypto scam that we've seen the digital wallet used by the scammer in another one. So it's that intelligence that we build up from all the different um, scams that we see. That's what's a big part of it, how we can identify uh, the threats now. But yes, we have to keep working on on those layers of technology because yes, is you know, I think AO is going to make one element much more difficult to identify. So the other layers that we work on is how we, we keep our customers safe. What are the, I, mean, I guess we're talking about the layers of security, layers of, um, layers of protection. Um, we talk about Norton specific products because that's that's where you live, yeah. right? But but the kinds of things that you know that people are able to do for themselves, being sort of virus checking, um, their firewall, the um, the other elements of the sort of web based. Kind of extensions and whatever. What are the? I mean, I've only mentioned three there, but what are the what are the kinds of things people need listening to this might need to think about as they they're focused on security? Yeah, look, when it's to these kind of scams, like I mentioned before, don't assume that you can pick it yourself anymore. I think that's the the, the key message here, and what what's the evolution of you know. You know, with AI now, it's becoming much more sophisticated and professional. So don't make that assumption that you can pick it. Um, I say be skeptical and think critically about what you are seeing um, and, and challenge that. So that that way you are definitely, you know, you know, gonna you're gonna have to do a bit of fact check checking on some of this stuff. Uh, that's natural. Um, general advice in terms of good online hygiene best not to be clicking on links and attachments in unsolicited messages. And that can be emails, text messages, social media posts. Uh, same thing goes with unsolicited phone calls because a lot of the scams come through phone. Don't just give up your personal information. Um, think more about your, your digital self is so valuable to scammers. So think more about protecting that your digital identity, your privacy, people have to think more, start giving up far less than what they have in the past, I think is key. Um, and yeah, look, like I say, given that there's multiple aspects to this, so keeping your devices updated is key uh, so that if, you know, AI-driven code is trying to take advantage of known vulnerabilities, that you're obviously blocking those by doing software updates. And, um Passwords, uh, again, part of good digital hygiene, keep them unique. Um, so if one is compromised, if you, if you use the same password on everything, you know, your other services that you use could be could be compromised um, is another key one. Do like those basic elements. Um, yeah, it makes a big difference. 
Mark, if somebody wants to know more about the quarterly report that is put out by Norton's, um, where could they find that type of information? Yeah, we like we obviously do. We release it, um, you know, through through media channels, obviously, just to get the the word out. But we also have blog posts on our website uh, where we talk more about. You know, like using the the current example where we're making reference to you know the AI developments with Chat G, GPT gets very very topical. Given you know a lot of people are having a look at it, and it's actually pretty good. It's uh, surprisingly good. Um, and so we talk about what are the potential risks associated with that. You know whether it's um, you know um, deep fake content generation that can be used for, you know, misinformation campaigns and fake product reviews and, and the, the phishing, scan, you know, scans that we've talked about and also the malware. So there's some write-ups in those blogs that talk about those number of blogs and number of different topical areas, which is, it's good to have a read, just it's, it's all part of the education to, to help be uh, cyber aware and, like I say, there's some pretty – if you do the basics well in terms of di digital hygiene, it uh, makes a really big difference. I've been talking to Mark uh, Gorry, uh, who is um, the head of the Asia-Pacific area for, for Norton's on a range of security issues, but mainly on how uh, AI is going to – reshape the way we start to look at scammers and what they do. Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Great. Thanks so much, Tom. Absolute pleasure.